are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got Ben Kaspic of Locked On Giants back on the pod for part two. We're previewing game two of the series against Johnny Cueto, talking about whether Mike Yastrzemski is going on a tear soon, and how are the Giants always able to find random pieces and put a quality team together? So we're going to talk all about that on today's pod. But first, join walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Every day on Lockdown MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guests interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump into the pod with Ben Kaspic of Locked On Giants. I mean, you can talk about long-term deals for pitchers, Uh what can you say about Madison Bumgarner? I know, you know, he's uh, he's in year two of a five-year deal, mm-hmm. and it's been a roller coaster, right? And so what's kind of the current state of things as it comes to his performance and then thinking about that contract? Well, right now, currently, currently, we are pro-Bumgarner on this podcast. We were pretty anti-Bumgarner for a while there. I mean, all 2020, we were pretty anti-Bumgarner. And then the first three starts this year, we were anti-Bumgarner too. But then the five starts after that, that's when he had that little historic pace. Five starts, he had like a .47 whip, the best whip since Pete Alexander, 1915. Bumgarner was doing some flashy stuff, but the start after that, taken out early than his most recent start. He was pretty shaky. He got, I think he gave up like six earned runs, but I, I'm not sure if that was because of injury or what's going on. He was still able to go deep into the ball game. And there's been some more positives from Bumgarner's performance this year compared to last year, specifically his fastball velocity. It's up like two and a half miles per hour this year. It's sitting at like 91 something. Uh, Last year was at 88.5 miles per hour. And he even had a start, I think his fifth start during that historic span, his fastball velocity sat at like 92 and a half miles per hour. Like it was his best average fastball velocity in a start since like 2019. So he might be able, he might be getting some of that velo back. And a lot of people have pointed out to his struggles. Maybe he, it was just a slow start for Bumgarner because of course, 
Historically, April has been the worst month for him. So in 2020, it wasn't like we really got past, uh, you know, a lot of games after April. He was missing some games as well. First three starts this year, and now he's starting to pick it up, you know, as Ray, as May rounded into form. So maybe he was just a slow starter that never got off to a good start in 2020. Same was true in 2021. So right now, I'm pro Mass and Bumgarner, but I, I still don't know if I'm pro that contract because, I mean, even if this is the best version of Mass and Bumgarner we're going to see. He's making 19 this year. Then he's going to be making 23 annually the two years after that. Uh, it's just a lot of money to pay for a guy that's a fringe, what, number three starter at this point. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the guy that we saw during that five-start span, but if he could be, you know, somewhere between that guy and the guy we've seen, you know, in the last two starts be a mid threes, you know, in terms of ERA, mid threes to low fours kind of guy. I think that would be fine for the D-backs, but he's probably not living up to what that contract is worth. Uh, but the great thing is the D-backs have an established ace. We haven't seen him a lot this year, Zach Allen, because of injury, but you don't have to rely on Bumgarner to be the number one option in your rotation because the D-backs didn't really know at the time of Bumgarner signing that Zach Allen was going to be this phenomenal stud. And He's lived up to pretty much every expectation you could have had for him. And then some, he's really been that good, a, a true Cy Young caliber pitcher when he's healthy and on the mound and locked in. So love Zach Allen. He's the true ace of this team. Bumgarner. I mean, the contract's awful, but I, I think his pitching starting to come around. The real question is what do we get from a guy like Luke Weaver? Uh, is he ever going to, you know, live up to the expectations, the potential that everyone talks about him. Everyone always talks about his stuff, but he doesn't do it enough consistently. And he's really gone to just pretty much two pitches this year just a fastball changeup kind of guy. And can he really survive and be uh, a number two and number three starter when you only are, re are, are really only using two pitches? I I'm not too sure. So to answer your question about Bumgarner, uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. The contract's not the best, but at least he's starting to finally round into form now. And you were talking about Johnny Cueto a little bit, saying he might be the odd man out of this rotation. And the D-backs, thankfully, I guess, thankfully, get to see him in the next start after Kevin Gosman, we get the Johnny Cueto experience. And you said his performance hasn't been good. And that was definitely true in 2020, but just look at the per peripheral, you know, traditional numbers ERA. Uh, he, he's had a pretty solid season, three, three, four. He's only started six games. I think he's missed some because of injury, but do you think Johnny Cueto is at least having some of a bounce back season? I mean, he doesn't look like he, like how he looked like in 2020 and he doesn't, he's definitely not back to being prime Johnny Cueto, but he looks looks like, you know, in the middle of a Johnny Cueto from, you know, 2015 and Johnny Cueto from 2020, at least. Yeah, you're right. I think I was a little unfair to him. I'm, I've been kind of influenced by the last several years when he's just kind of been inconsistent and ineffective and hurt a lot of the time. But this year, he started off extremely well. His first couple of starts of the season were extremely good and not just kind of fluky good, but the peripheral stuff looked good keeping the ball in the ballpark, not walking anybody kind of strikeout rate up a little bit, fastball velocity up a little bit, but then he got hurt. He had a lat injury. Um, and when he came back, I mentioned before we re recorded that I went to uh, a game this year on mother's day and they lost 11 to one. And that was a Johnny Cueto start. He got mm. lit up in that start by the Padres, uh, Tatis and, and uh, Cronenworth homered. So, I'm also influenced by seeing that in person, but 
Yeah. I mean, he, his numbers do look good. And to me, the, the biggest kind of thing is that he's, he's got really good command going this year. Got really a minuscule 1.67 walks per nine, which comes out to less than a 5% walk rate, which is more traditional Johnny Cueto. But in the last few years, that number had been up around or over 10%. So he's cut that in half. And then he's been able to keep the ball in the ballpark, which is another big factor for him. When he's giving up home runs, that's basically when he's in trouble. When he's walking people and giving up homers, that's obviously not a recipe for success. Mm-mm. Not a rep- recipe for success playing in, you know, Chase Field where, you know, home runs can often decide the game. But he has, I guess, looked better. Some of the peripheral stuff expected ERA based on kind of stat cast data is 4.65, which is obviously much worse than his 3.34. But um, as I look at the fastball velocity, it is up almost a mile an hour mile an hour over where it was the last couple of years. And he of course had Tommy John surgery and missed almost all of the 2019 season. So last year uh, in his brief little 12 starts in the weird pandemic season, he was coming off Tommy John surgery. So, you know, he's 35 years old. It just remains to be seen if, if he's really back or if he's just going to fall apart as pitchers, can often do as they get into their late thirties and it's the last year of his contract. So he's pitching for a contract, but we'll see. Uh, I think it could go either way in the start in Arizona, but I tend to lean towards, it's not going to be the best of starts for him. I'm kind of down, I guess I would say on Cueto. Ben and I will talk about Mike Strumsky in just a second, but first investing can be complicated. But whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5,000 minutes for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. To get your first 5,000 minutes for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. Did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's a flavor for everyone. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because I'm a health conscious guy. I just came back from the gym. This is the post pod, post gym pod. And the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because after the gym, I want something sweet and Bilt Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get back to the pod. Yeah, I guess him falling apart 
uh, at some point during the season is kind of expected because I didn't realize he was with you guys since 2016. I mean, that's like six seasons now. I didn't realize he spent so much time in San Francisco. Just looking at, at his innings pitch every year, 219 innings that first year, then 147. Then he hasn't cracked more than 63 innings during that time period since 2017. And 2020 was actually the most innings he's pitched in the last four years. And, and that's crazy to think about because it was a shortened season. It was only 60 game season. That was his, the, the most uh, games he was able to stay healthy for. I guess it was his only last healthy season, really the mm-hmm. last few years. And he says he's coming off the Tommy John surgery. So yeah, Johnny Cueto is definitely at the back end of his career. And he used to be one of my favorite pitchers when he was back with the Reds because he had that funky delivery, but he, he was a true ace and he shut, he, he shut things down when he was on the mound, but I'm done talking about pitching. I want to move over to the offense because one guy, you know, I, I've been beating the hammer on this pod that Carson Kelly should be getting more MVP love. And one of the reasons why he might not be getting more MVP love is because there's a catcher in, in his in the same division that might be having a better season than him. That's Buster Posey, who looks like he's back in 2016 himself. And I just want to know what's been going on with Buster Posey this season, because he looks like prime Posey again. He didn't play at all in 2020, opted out. I think we saw some decline in 2019 as well, but this season he's slugging the hell out of the ball OPS above a thousand. I mean, what have you seen from Buster Posey and how, how is he having this bounce back season in his thirties? Yeah, it's incredible. And he just joins a a long list now of veteran hitters who have revitalized their careers. The last couple of seasons, since there was the change in manager and coaching staff, Bruce Bochy obviously retired and then Gabe Kapler was brought in as the new manager and they completely changed the coaching staff outside of Ron Wotus, who remains on the coaching staff as the third base coach. But part of that was bringing in three hitting coaches. They have literally three hitting coaches, Donnie Ecker, Justin Veely, and Dustin Lind. And those guys have, you know, they're, they're the type of guys who helped JD Martinez, who helped Justin Turner overhaul their swings and become monsters after they were both not very good, frankly. And so Buster Posey, obviously I want to make sure I give most of the credit to him. And he's a phenomenal player, in my opinion, hall of fame worthy player. And he's had a tremendous career and, but he did appear to be in decline. And what he's been able to do this year, first of all, his, his stance looks different. Um, you know, people with a keen eye will have seen that Brandon Crawford's stance was different last year and remains different this year. And Posey's the same way. His bat used to kind of rest on his shoulder and come up and down off the shoulder as the pitcher was getting ready to throw. But now his hands are a little more out in front and the bat's a little more upright uh, when he's getting ready to hit. And so it's a little more of an efficient pre-pitch position. And he talks about how the hitting coaches have helped him be in a better position to hit and to drive the baseball. That's part of what these new school hitting coaches are all about is it's about driving the ball in the air. You're not trying to hit hard ground balls or something. You're trying to hit the ball hard in the air. And so he's been able to do that. I mean, my goodness, 355 average, 430 on base, 645 slugging uh, with a strikeout rate. That's only 15.7%. He's walking there's really nothing negative you can say when you look at the numbers for Buster Posey this season. So it has been extremely refreshing to see 
and extremely helpful and a huge reason why the Giants are where they are, which is that, you know, they have the third best record in the league now and they have the third best run differential in the league now, but it's not just Posey. It's Posey, it's Belt, it's Crawford, it's Longoria to an extent. All of these older players have gotten better the last couple of seasons and Posey, he wasn't there last year to experience this, but he showed up this year and, I mean, most of the credit goes to him, but I just, it has to be mentioned. Those, those hitting coaches have definitely had an influence on this team. And the giants are now one of the best power hitting teams in the game. And that is not what people thought about this team a couple of years ago. And it's a lot of the same players from a couple of years ago, yet they've suddenly started hitting for a lot more power. Ben and I will discuss how the giants are always able to Field a great team with random players, but first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. You have the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. Let's wrap up the pod. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest thing that stands out to me when I'm looking at Posey's numbers is that power department because he's already had nine home runs this year, second on the Giants to uh, Brandon Crawford. And he's played 11 less games than Crawford. And this is looking at Posey's career. The last time he hit double-digit home runs was in 2017 when he hit 12. His career high in home runs is only 24 years old, uh, only 24 homers. So it's not like even at his prime, it wasn't like this super slugging, you know, catcher. He could get you 18 to 22 bombs, but it wasn't like a dude batting 35 bombs from the catcher position. Right now, looks like he's on pace for about 35 home runs this season. So that's probably been the biggest thing that stands out to me this year. And you kind of answered my next question, but I did still want to throw it out to you. Like when you look at this team, it seems like the giants can just put kind of any team together, anybody on the field. And they always kind of play above your expectations level for that, for that, you know, certain player. And do you think that's more of the culture of what the giants have in place? Do you think it's the hitting and the pitching coaches that they have there? Is it, you know, the changing of the manager? Like how are the giants able to pick up guys? Like, as we mentioned, Alex Wood, Adele Scalfani, throw them in the lineup. They start balling. You, you pick up these random dudes in your lineup off the street, throw them in and they start producing. Like how are the giants able just to do that? Honestly, because I mean, if the D backs could do that, you know, that's what the D backs want to do. They don't want to spend any money on players. They just want to find these, random dudes and hopefully they ball out and have you know mvp caliber seasons but the giants they're able to you know if, if the d-backs had the off season the giants had they would be you know a fringe playoff contender but instead you know now we're in last place getting swept by the colorado rockies yeah it's amazing it's amazing and it's not normal like if like you're saying if every team could figure out how to get this type of production without spending you know a ton of 
money on the players, you know, and ending up with an albatross, which is what every team is afraid of. I'm not, which is not to say the giants are trying to be the Oakland A's or anything. You know, I think their goal ultimately is to be like the Dodgers, which is that up and down the roster, they have really talented players. And when the opportunity comes to sign a Mookie bets or something they they would love to do that. But for now, they're making the best with what they have. And so I really do think it has a ton to do with the coaches. Like if the Giants, instead of Gabe Kapler, had just hired, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Buck Showalter. Mm. And he had put together just a salty veteran grizzled coaching staff of traditional, of one traditional hitting coach who preached hard ground balls to the opposite field and a pitching coach who, I don't know what, whatever pitching traditional pitching coaches say, if they had put that together, I do not think they would come close to having the production that they've had. And so that is, that is a huge kind of deal that doesn't get talked about enough in the sport. I think the influence and the influence that some of these new school coaches can have and thinking outside the box and, and using biomechanics in a swing and, using like the latest data and science basically to get the most out of your players. But what's funny on the pitching side, it's, you know, there's obviously some of that going on. Like they target the right players. They targeted Kevin Gosman, you know, all the other, that all the others we've already named. Mm -hmm. But what's funny is that in the bullpen, they have not been able to have that same success. So it's a little bit hard for me to, to explain that. Like how come, They've had so much success targeting the right starting pitchers and helping them be the best versions of themselves. But in the bullpen, they can't seem to find an answer, really. I mean, I get it. Yeah, Rodgers and McGee have been pretty good. Rodgers Rogers was in the system already. But it, it's a little weird. It's hard for me to say, yes, they have the magic sauce when it comes to pitchers when the bullpen's not doing well. But culture-wise, also, I, I do want to mention, because you mentioned it, I think it's a great call. They have, they're, they're really cognizant of working on that. And, you know, not just, we want to have a good clubhouse chemistry, but they want to create a specific environment where competition is valued. They like in spring training, they're always creating competition. They don't want people to just kind of be handed jobs. They want people to earn it, but also if you play well and, and kind of embrace the, help that they're giving you, which is good help. And you, you implement it into your game. They will give you an opportunity. Like they, they give guys opportunities. They'll call you up from the minors. If you're proving that you're deserving, whereas under the old regime, they had seemingly like specific guys that they had in mind and plenty of guys like Tyler Rogers was in the giants minor league system for like six years and never got an opportunity for whatever reason. But, you know, and they just give opportunities to a guy like Mike Yastrzemski. And then Gabe Kapler, he's got this, they say that they'll always be honest with you. If you have any questions about your status on the roster or anything, they want an open and transparent environment. And people rave about it. The players rave about the culture that the Giants are creating. So there's a lot of good things happening in San Francisco. And it's coming to fruition with the way that they've played so far this year. So you think if they had Tony La Russa, they wouldn't have this kind of <laughs> success? Probably not. Probably not. Some, I mean, the White Sox, it's kind of amazing how good they've been despite 
Tony LaRussa, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I know just everyone hates that signing uh, of Tony LaRussa. And <laughs> he has no sense. Yeah, and he hasn't done himself any favors by not backing up his team when they've done absolutely nothing wrong in uh, certain situations. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Remember, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.